Hello and welcome. You're listening to Do Less Bad, that podcast about how companies can do less bad in order to do more good. Let's get right into it with your co-hosts, Jason and Madeline. Alrighty, thank you so much, Jenny, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Do Less Bad, a new way to do more good. I'm Jason Anthoin, your co-host, and I run a firm called Audacity. We help companies inform, involve, and inspire their employees. You can find out more at thinkaudacity.com. Joined, as always, by our co-host, Madeline Temple. Madeline. Hello, Jason. Thank you. I'm the brand strategist (laughs) behind Collective Identity. In my day job, I tell companies how to talk about who they are and what they do to employees, customers, investors, partners, journalists, and six-year-olds. Head to thecollectiveidentity.com to find out more. All right. Exciting. Hey, by the way, how's your summer going? It's, It's been nice, but it doesn't feel quite like a normal summer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? kind of strange like you're waiting for school to get out but then they it school's never out yet yeah <laughs> i totally agree because some of the things that i would normally do in a regular summer mm-hmm. we're still not doing yeah and it's going but but those are my rites and rituals and without them it doesn't quite feel like summer i know you're exactly right it does feel kind of strange i mean i think people including me have Made some tentative steps, you know, I think I might go and sit at a bar. And then as soon as you're there, you're like, this doesn't feel right. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think if I've eaten. I have eaten indoors. In fact, I just ate indoors the other day. But what's going to be really fascinating about Chicago is we have a huge music three-day extravaganza, Lollapalooza, this coming weekend. Oh, my goodness. Which I've never gone to. And I am not going to start this weekend, <laughs> but I, I am fully expecting numbers to just shoot through the roof I'm in sure. terms of variant, Indian variant, and everything else. I COVID-19, reckon so. The variant. Yeah. I, uh, oddly enough, I have to fly on Thursday for a, to go see a client that I've not met. I've been working with this client for over a year now, and we've you know never met in person, obviously. And I have to go up there to help shoot a video with the CEO and... It just felt weird going onto the Delta app and like, I got to find a flight and here's the time and pick my seat. And it all just feels like I've never done this before, you know? It's funny you bring that up because just this morning, I don't know why, but I was thinking about the last time I got on an airplane mm. and it was January of 2020. Mm. And that's to have gone from that point in time to today and not been on an airplane is unheard of for me. Oh, me too. I think the last time I was on a flight was March of 2020. And, uh, you know, I was traveling uh, two or three times a month, four times a month sometimes, and now zero. And I'm just going to show up at the airport on Thursday and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. People in line will be like, get out of the way, you know, like we all were before when well, people thinking, were in the airport. I, I am not standing behind you. Get away from me. Get away from me. I'll kill you. I will decapitate you. I just want to have like a sign that says, give me a little bit of a break here. I'm rusty. <laughs> I like that. I'm rusty. I'm rusty. That's right. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump on into this episode. This episode, I, I think we had 
a great segue into it about 20 seconds ago when we were talking about Lollapalooza. Because, of course, while we're talking about Lollapalooza, the word that comes to mind is dancing. Mm, mm -hmm. And I have dancing on my mind. And in order for me to have dancing on my mind, besides Lollapalooza, there's there's only one thing that could get me there. And that, of course, is TikTok. Ah, yes, I'm sure you're on that platform like... 18, 19 hours a day, right? I have 2.3 million followers. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) That's such a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I know not of what you speak. (laughs) 2.3 million or (laughs) 2.3 people? I wouldn't even say people. It's 2.3 rocks. Yeah, 2.3 something. That's 2.3 something. Well, okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. And that that is exceptionally fair for anybody who knows me. And even if you don't, very, very fair. But it what the reason TikTok dancing, everything's coming to mind is everybody's talking about video resumes. Mm. And this topic, however, what I want to discuss, and I'm going to force you to talk about with me, Mm -hmm. is much bigger than whether you should or shouldn't dance for your next gig. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should. But in in early July, what what kicked this off was Chipotle, the fast casual fast food restaurant, told future employees they could submit a video resume through TikTok. Mm. And my first reaction to to that was, that's brilliant. That's that's fabulous. It really was. Cool. My second reaction was, I'm so grateful I'm not 16. (laughs) (laughs) And all the pressure that's now on you to make the most amazing TikTok video. Oh, my goodness. And but as I started thinking about things, it it hit me. We've had video resumes for a while now. Mm -hmm. You can submit a video on LinkedIn. You can do it whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You could call it your resume. Mm -hmm. So why is it suddenly this hashtag on TikTok, an area to do it, so revolutionary Mm -hmm. and and why is it throwing so many people into hyperdrive of going what's going on and heads are spinning right so i thought that this do this episode of do less bad should really be do less bad when it comes to new and different ways to recruit and interview people yeah that's great you know i think we've all been through that experience of all the former platforms where you go to the website, and if they're a little bit sophisticated, they're like, hey, just uh, copy and paste and upload your information here, or send us the connection to your you know, LinkedIn account, and that's it. Other times, you have to do that and go into the applicant tracking system and basically copy and paste everything that's already in three other places into their own system, and it's just frustrating and laborious, and you hit send, and who knows where it goes. So hats off if they've come up with, you know, yet another way to perhaps make this, you know, more efficient. If they can make it more efficient, I think that's fabulous. And and that's not even getting into, do I want to do this? But Mm -hmm. it did get me to thinking about a whole host of things, which Mm. I'm going to throw out random topics. But what, what would be your bias when if you see a 51-year-old singing or dancing, right? And and for those who can't sing or dance, but they feel they must, do they go the route of the, the masked singer? And, and suddenly, <laughs> you know, they're, they're somebody who's way cool because you can be as funky as you want. And right. and when do you do the reveal? Or, or who determines the person watching it if somebody is creative enough based mm. on their video, mm. right? What's, what's the judgment? What are the parameters? Yeah. And... What if, for instance, somebody's job is in regulatory compliance mm-hmm. and they send in a video of themselves singing? Does that <laughs> yes. does that call into to doubt their credibility or does that make you say, hey, so cool. 
love that's that right. person. That's right. I mean, are they going to be judged based on their ability to understand regulatory compliance or how creative their you know lyrics and lighting are? <laughs> right. Exactly. And but then you go, well, all of these kind of topics and issues, they're the same on a piece of paper. Yeah. You go, well, look at that formatting, or somebody put a picture of themselves on there, or somebody used calligraphy. Mm-hmm. And they are they are cues. They might be obviously far more subtle than a video, mm-hmm. but they're still cues. But it, but it did get me thinking, for instance, you know, let's say you do go down. Let's say you're at Chipotle or McDonald's or somebody else who's, who's going to join TikTok and do video, accept video resumes. Mm-hmm. Do you, does your company's culture or values support this? Mm. And I know it's like, be quiet with the brand stuff. But if, if, for instance, your brand has things around authenticity or fun, you go, you're set, right? Right. But let's think about some of the more buttoned up or buttoned down cultures, companies we may think about. Uh And you go, or uh, a law firm, right? (laughs) Right. A top law firm. Uh-huh. <laughs> is fun going to be one of their values? And, and how are they going to feel about a potential law school graduate, future law school graduate, sending in a video of them rapping? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And you go, am I going to put them in front of a judge? Well, not only that, but I think it also sort of, you know, by saying we'll accept resumes this way, it puts something in the the, the person who's submitting the resume Put something in their mind about who they think that company is and what their culture might be. And so, you know, they have some understanding of what, what that is because, oh, they must be cool because they're doing this off of TikTok. And then when they, you know, conduct the interviews and you kind of get in there and look under the hood a little bit, you're like, they're not nearly as cool as I thought they were. You know, the rest of this whole organization tends to be a little more straight-laced. And so you say, I was sold a bill of goods. But I could also make the case, I think that happens to so many people oh. going through a regular interview process. That's right. Where you talk to different people, you have great interviews, you're excited. Then you show up, and by the end of week one or day one, you go, oh, I, I pulled, I got oh. to pull back the curtains of Oz. <laughs> That's what's here. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, I guess regardless of platform, there's always an opportunity there to kind of have a mismatch between how the company is presenting itself online and through their career site and things like that. And then the actual, you know, experience from day one forward, you know, that happens all the time. Those So I don't know that it'll be any more or or, or less because of, of TikTok. But I, to me, it, it automatically puts you in a corner that says you're going to have to be cooler than you already are because you're, well, setting, you're setting that expectation right up front. You are. I, I think for me, it comes down to it's one thing to have words on a piece of paper. But when you have video and it's words and images, mm-hmm. it becomes more real, mm-hmm. at least for me. Mm-hmm. And, and then you go, well, I saw this in a video, or it reminds me about looking at yearbooks back whenever yeah. yearbooks may have existed. But you looked at a yearbook looking back over your year, and very much like Instagram today, it was the snapshot of the best moments. Mm-hmm. And you think, but that wasn't my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a half a percent of my senior year. <laughs> year, exactly. So maybe we're not. Being... Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on, but I'm, I'm curious because... Given the clients you work with and the mm-hmm. work you focus on with internal comms, especially, yeah. I'm curious, have clients been talking to you about TikTok and what they should do or what their concerns may be? 
Absolutely. You know, in fact, this this came up maybe two or three weeks ago with, I would say, you know, a fairly progressive type organization um, and culture um, who was interested in exploring what does this look like? What will happen if we if we do this? And, you know, what is inherently good and or maybe challenging about that platform and how people respond to it and considering different things around demographics and age and, you know, a whole lot of other things. And so I think just like anything else that HR kind of wrestles with is, you know, no matter which platform it is, even if it's just somebody mailing something in or, God forbid, faxing it in, you know, <laughs> what what does that say about the organization? Uh, what does it say about the person sending it, you know, and what inherent biases might be built into those experiences and decisions. Um, And then on top of that is the whole policy, HR policy piece, because, you know, when I send in a resume on some applicant tracking system or through LinkedIn or whatever, I have a pretty good idea of what they're going to do with that. Yeah, it's a black hole. Yeah, nine times out of ten. They're not going to do anything. You'll never hear a damn thing. Right. And so there's no way it's even 10%. It's probably more like 5%. And I'd say two and a half percent of that time, it's just the computer generated. Thank you for applying. That's exactly (laughs) right. That's exactly right. And so even when that happens, I've got a pretty good idea that this is a resume that's a PDF or a Word file or a link to a, a LinkedIn site. And I know what they're doing. I know how they're storing that data and what the rules are around keeping that data secure and for how long do they keep it and stuff like that. But then when you start talking about video submissions, you know, a Word doc or a PDF might be, I don't know, 50 kilobytes, maybe, maybe 100, maybe. But a video, that's four, five, six megs, maybe. That's that. Now you're talking about gigantic storage needs within HR and then all kinds of policies about what they're going to do with those videos. You know, what if they get hacked? How long do they keep them? You know, who's going to be looking at them for future job opportunities? And because you sent a video but for this specific, specific opportunity, 18 months later, if they reach out about something else, do you then need to resubmit another one? And you know, how many are they going to expect from all, from everybody? You know, a resume kind of stays like it is for the most part, but you want to tailor a video to be very specific and very custom every single time. And so it just brings up a whole lot of questions that I don't know that HR and legal and everybody else is, is prepared to think about an answer yet. Well, the, the, it, it brings up a really interesting point for me, which is uh, I'm going to make up the number, but I don't think I'm that far off. I think they say that when your resume comes in and a person reads it, mm-hmm. they are probably spending 10 seconds on it. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but it's probably not much more than that. I'll go to 30 seconds max, and that's if it's a good match. And I'll go to five seconds if you don't hit certain key things. Right. I mean, right there, they are, they've got three piles, yes, no, and maybe. And so right. you've got 10 seconds, maybe, to, for them to decide which pile to put you in. TikTok videos are can now be up to three minutes max. So it started out about uh, 10, 15 seconds, went mm-hmm. to a minute, and now you can do three minutes. Mm. And you go, okay, well, fair enough. It's why should this be any different than getting a resume? Because mm-hmm. if some, if, if virtually everybody, and I'm making up virtually, but let's just say 50% of the people sending in a resume now switch to video. I promise you the novelty is going to wear off and you're not going to watch all the videos. 
That's right, particularly since many of those recruiters are being compensated based on volume. And if it now takes 10, 20 times longer to look at each, quote, resume, you're going to have some real challenges, you know, going through all those submissions and putting them in the yes, no, and maybe piles. And then you're... So I don't know how anything works behind the scenes in terms of capturing information from a video, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm sitting here going, so you're telling me somebody's going to stop a video, go, oh, this person is creative, charismatic, articulate. They're going to write down the things. That's why you should talk to them. Right. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening. And the other thing is, is that, you know, modern sort of applicant tracking systems, when you submit your resume through there, it is looking for keyword matches Correct. <laughs> for words that are in your resume that match up with the job description for the role that you're applying for. And that automatically happens. And if you're not using those same words, you're not even making it through the first, the first toll gate. But actually, we now know exactly what your video should be. All you do is you recite in a rap song. <laughs> right. The exact the words, words. <laughs> from the job description. It's exactly right. Or, you know, that's assuming they have AI hooked up so that it right. can parse through that. What if they don't? How are they now going to have that sort of automatic step that goes from the submission to yes, no, or maybe pile based on AI parsing through and looking for certain phrases and, and words? And and let's look at it from the applicant point of view. Okay, mm-hmm. so what what is fabulous about video resumes is from a talent perspective, it does give you another vehicle in which you, the candidate, can show yourself, can express yourself. Mm-hmm. But it also helps you find a job, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it, it can set you apart. But as I was just saying, if everybody starts doing it, it doesn't set you apart. And the beautiful thing about a resume is most people will say to you, you have best to have sort of a generic resume or, you know, a resume for, let's say, three categories, one for each. Mm -hmm. But you don't rewrite your resume every time. Mm -hmm. So does that mean you have one video or three videos and you just keep sending out the same video? I know. I mean, it brings up a whole lot of of questions. Like, you know, in the last six, nine months or so, as people weren't able to kind of interview in person for jobs anymore. A lot of companies were, you know, conducting these things over Zoom and Skype and Teams and all that. And that's great. Um, But now, and people have gotten used to that, you know, okay, I'm going to have to do a job interview with a recruiter. Some people, some companies though, will email you the questions in advance and say, make a video for us answering these questions and send it back in. So some have already kind of started that process outside of TikTok um, and people... Have you worked with any company that's done that? I, I, I've not worked with any company okay. that's doing that right now. I've read about that and, and some of them have had success, but most of them have not because what ends up happening is, is that you end up judging the quality of the video and, weigh, and putting more weight on the quality of the video than you do on the actual experience and whether or not somebody you know, is qualified uh, for the role. And so some people end up getting you know, a little bit dinged because they're not fantastic on video. That doesn't mean they wouldn't make a fantastic, you know, um, some sort of a financial person, but that's just because they don't present well on video, now all of a sudden there's this whole other thing that they're 
potentially being graded on that has nothing to do with whether or not they would be perfect for the job. And now it's going to spill over into TikTok where they can make all of that process easier and faster, but you still have the same questions. You still have the same questions, and it reminds me of when people talk about skill sets. And mm. so one of the skill sets that you'll see, not all the time, but depending on the position, is communication skills, mm-hmm. presentation skills, public speaking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. And while we completely riff for the most part <laughs> off the top of our, our heads when it comes to doing this, I've seen you present in person. You were engaging. You were far above average, right? You could hold an audience. Well, thank you. I'm going to be an egotistical ass and say, I know you feel the same about me. Well, of course I do. <laughs> in fact, that's how we met. We were like, but that's how we, we met. We were so much better than everybody else that was at this <laughs> conference. We should do a podcast. <laughs> okay. We didn't actually think that, but we did, we did notice how the other person stood out yeah. as a presenter. Right. And so I think it would be fair to say of you or me, well, don't just tell me you have great presentation skills. Show me. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't blame somebody for doing that mm-hmm. to me. Do I want that to necessarily happen? <laughs> right. Now it puts a whole no. different level of pressure on you to perform. You know, right. It's hard enough to prepare for an interview and all the questions and understand the company history. And now you have to add a performance, performance. on top of that. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And then it also begs the question, all right, if you get hired and you get there, how many meetings are you going to have to go to where you present that are in TikTok style? (laughs) Most of those are just going to be boring Zoom and Teams meeting with a PowerPoint presentation, and none of those skills are going to come in handy because nobody really cares about it. (laughs) Nobody cares about it. And it it reminds me, so this is very true for me. If I have to do a large presentation, and I've spoken in in front of audiences of as large as 3,500, and there is the equivalent for me, a showbiz mentality of, you know, it's, it's lights on, right? oh, you're yeah. on stage. Right. But that is not remotely even close to who I am. It's not even 20% of the time, right? No. Because there's a lot of energy that has to go into that. And that's a one-off kind of event. Mm-hmm. Well, I promise you, that's not who shows up at work every day. Yeah. I can't show up to work every day like that. And if I did, you'd hate me. Right. You'd go... Really? Enough. Take it down a notch. That's right. I think you're right. And not only that, but what is that, like 5% of what you'd actually be doing all day anyway? It is. Anyway? 5% of my job. You know? And so it just, it just raises a whole lot of questions. And, you know, there's good answers and bad answers. But I think the point is, is that the people asking for these things and the people sending these things in haven't thought further than, hey, we can do this now. Um, and think about some of these broader questions that... that that come up. It's not that they don't come up now with traditional platforms, but there's similar questions that bring up, I think, a whole separate set that you never had to worry about before. Right. So I'm not, having discussed this, I'm not against a video. I'm mm-hmm. not against a TikTok resume. I think it, it also very much depends on who you're talking to, because as a branding, as a communications person, the thing that I often talk about is who are you talking about and what's the best way to reach them? Mm-hmm. So I don't have an, any issue of somebody going, we have 2,000 entry-level jobs we need to fill at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Gen Z, and we know they love TikTok. 
Mm-hmm. So the best way for me to reach these people and get new talent is to let them submit a TikTok resume. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because what I what I did see when I read the article on Chipotle is I think we're we are targeting Gen Z. They're not saying that a boomer, a millennial, anybody else can't submit a mm-hmm. paper resume. Sure. But at the same time when you do that, are you now also setting up two parallel worlds yeah. of who's cool, who's not, or that's right. Who's who's hip, who's not, who's young, who's not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point because, you know, as new platforms emerge, obviously companies want to take advantage of those, but they, they've got to also keep the other platforms going for the people that want to submit and, and interact in, in a different way. And so I think they've got to be open to all those things and not just say, from now on, it's going to be this way or no way. I think it has to be as diverse and, 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 and different as the candidates that you're, that you're seeking to hire. So with that, we will wrap up this episode and hit you with our top three. Why don't you lead us off, Jason? All right. So one quick thing before we get to the top three. This article uh, that we've kind of been referencing as as we've gone through these points, you can find on fastcompany.com. It's written, there's an article written by Isadora Prohaska. I-S-I-D-O-R-A. You can probably search just by his first name. Um, about why people should be using TikTok in uh, situations just like this. Now, it starts out talking about TikTok in general, but then it sp- gets specifically to how to find a job and how to recruit people for jobs. So if you're interested in reading a little bit more, this is a fascinating look um, from Isadora uh, Prohaska on Fast Company. Uh, and thank com. you for calling that out. We might right. do that from the beginning. That's right. So, all right. So our top three then, you know, we always like to end up with the three things that, that we think are the tech ways. And so the first one, I think, is figure out if your company's current culture and values actually match up with what you're asking, you know, a recruit to do on a video application. What are the implications of that? What kind of message are you sending, subtle, uh, implied or not, about who you are as a company and what you value and how you make decisions? And if those things don't really match up with the reality of what your company and your culture is like on the inside, what do you need to change? Do you even need to go in this direction? Does that mean you got to change everything else on the inside? I think that's an important uh, an important point to consider. Uh, to add to that in a number two kind of way, what's your bias when you're watching these videos? Mm. We, we all have a bias, even if we think we don't. And mm-hmm. so what happens when you watch a young person on a video, if you watch an older person on a video, if you watch somebody trying to present themselves in a way that may not be the most natural for them, but they're trying. Mm-hmm. So think about the person you're watching, but also think about who you are as a viewer mm-hmm. and how you're judging different people. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I think the third one is, you know, with this new platform and whatever a new platform is going to be week after next, what does that tell you that your current methods don't already tell you? You know, what leeway do you have for making decisions and making judgments so that regardless of how people apply, the decision is kind of platform agnostic. It's really based on that person's capabilities and their experience around whether they're appropriate for that role. So I think it's important to just kind of keep that in mind. You know, what what can this new shiny thing do that we haven't been able to do for the last 50 years as we're deciding who we want to join this organization? Absolutely. With that, we are wrapping up this week's episode. 
Thank you for listening and all the comments, suggestions. Keep them coming through social, email, smoke signals, whatever you want. Head to dolessbad.com or you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at do underscore less underscore bad with any questions or comments. All right. So another great episode in the can. We'll be talking to you again in two weeks. Until then, remember doing more good can be just as simple as doing less bad of anything. All right, Jenny, take us on out. You've made it through another episode of Do Less Bad, that podcast about how companies can do less bad in order to do more good. Check us out at dolessbad.com. Until next time, stop fretting over doing more good and just do less bad. Bye, bye.